clients, well, that's really why we exist at Acne, isn't it? To support our clients to live their best life. And here are some more stories about how you've done that. And I would really love to hear more and more of these and make sure we record up to 100 episodes of all those amazing interactions that we do every day with our clients. So please make sure you email me ready to get on the next season of Acne Open Mic. So got the job with Acne Ashling, and you've had a few roles. Would you like to share your roles and also share something that really stands out for you in terms of working with a client? Well, a few of the roles. So when I started, we had us um, Easties over in the East. So myself, Tanya, Karen, Lisa, Janine and Layla came on later. Um, then some roles came up for mentoring and a few of us applied through an expression of interest to mentor um, our areas. And so I was the East mentor and really, really loved that. So part of the trial for the RAS capability team and that was really fantastic to be able to bring what's great about ACNA to other organisations. And what really stood out for me there in terms of sort of not a a client outcome, but out of, I suppose, how different it really opened my eyes to how different and and the divide there was between us and other organisations in terms of how we assessed. I mean, I kind of always knew but didn't see the impact of that. And so it was fantastic seeing assessors go from an hour and a half with a laptop in a home to complete an assessment from where to go to actually completing some really great assessments on clients and, and seeing a lot more value in their role and growing um, in passion um, for their role and for client outcomes. And so that was really, really great. And one of the a fantastic outcome out of that was a client of uh, Rachel's who was one of the reavement mentors and it stands out for me a lot because of uh, the client had dementia and you know we always struggle a bit with expectations of family around things and this gentleman's wife had um, stopped him cooking because he had put a tea towel on the stove and it had set a light on a gas stove and he loved to cook and so she kind of stopped him cooking and it was something he was quite passionate about and when Rachel did the assessment with him she encouraged him to cook but perhaps because of the safety concern that whether his wife could help support him with that and because of his cognitive decline she talked to him and his wife about actually building capacity within the brain and that neuroplasticity of growing new neurons and part of that growing new neurons is that fantastic skill of learning something new. So anytime we learn something new, we create a new neuron, which creates a new pathway, which other pathways have broken down. It allows the flow of information through this new pathway. And this gentleman had stopped reading and he was an avid reader and his wife was a bit upset for him about that. So the reablement plan for him was once a week for him to cook look up some new recipes on the iPad with his wife's support and with his wife present as a safety person and then if he did need any help with getting through the step for her to step in but once a week to cook a meal and when Rachel followed up on the assessment on the reamment outcome he had returned to cooking twice a week his wife was so excited she said the change is fantastic so much so that he had she stumbled upon him sitting reading a book and she hadn't seen him do that for like close to 12 months um, oh, and when fantastic. she seen him engrossed in a book she was it was confirmation for her that this pathway you know that there was 
still hope in terms of his cognitive ability and it was just really really fantastic for them so that one stands out to me and often a story that you know I'll use with clients when I go in to see them and particularly with cognitive decline to to bring that hope because it's a real outcome and a real lesson for us all that we can improve even when we think we can't. That is fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Ashley. Tanya, would you like to share a client story? One of, I guess, the most impactful stories I've had in the recent couple of years is um, a client that I went to see who'd had his second knee replaced, had a bit of issues with infections in his knee and was really struggling to recapture that mobility that he'd had previously. His, him and his wife were quite active and went out and they would travel and um, get around the outback areas of, of SA quite often. And when he came out of the bedroom, because he spent most of his time laying down, he looked quite deflated and really, for lack of better words, like a lost soul. So we sat down and had a bit of a conversation and moved around the home so I could see how he managed stairs and the small areas that he was trying to manage. And as we were walking past the back of the home, I noticed the beautiful big caravan sitting out the back and um, his wife sort of half said to me that's his pride and joy he loves that thing it's just been so sad we haven't been able to use it and that triggered that connection of something that was so valuable to him to be able to have the discussion of if not why not why can't you get back to getting out there and doing that and if you could what would that look like for you if you could do something how would you do it so we sat down and did probably a six-stage plan of how he would slowly raise mobility. He would then walk between Beach Road and Gulfview Road, two beautiful coastal streets down in the southern suburbs of Adelaide. And then he would regain the confidence to then get out and be able to do some of the driving or some of the tasks with his wife. He had about a three-week setback because um, he got sick in the middle, but even through that setback, we'd encouraged him or motivated him enough that he believed he could get through that and get back on with his plan and achieve his goal to get back out with his wife. And sure enough, the last check-in was that, that him and his wife had planned a small trip down to the York Peninsula with the van. She would do most of the driving. They could stop along the way they'd planned where they'd, they could stop so that he could get out and stretch his knees and he achieved his goal. Oh, I was just saying, woohoo, in my head. That is awesome, Tanya. Thank you for sharing that story. And I love how the follow-up helped him get through that setback. That really great to hear that. Thank you, Tanya. Is there a client story or a story of success or something that's really touched you since you've arrived at ACNA that you'd like to share? I, not necessarily a client story, but more about intake. So when I first started here, I was only got to sort of hang out with a team for a limited amount of time before we started working from home. So it was a really sort of um, bit of an adjustment. But initially, I just noticed how how much they looked out for each other, the intake team here, how much they supported each other. As soon as someone raised their hand and said they needed help, everyone would jump over and help them. And um, it was really, really quite refreshing to see. It wasn't something that I was used to. And these guys are really a team. And since I've started, I've been throwing all sorts of things at them 
them changing processes last minute, asking them to trial things, add this to what they're doing, take that away, things like that. And they've always been so incredibly flexible and so accommodating. And some of the ideas I've thrown out, they've gone, that sounds amazing. Yes, let's do it. And they've been really excited. And I've just really appreciated how much intake cares about ACNA, cares about our clients, cares about what we do, how much they care about our assessors as well. And um, I just think that they're absolutely amazing and I feel very lucky that they're my team. Oh, that is a great message, Spencer. And I think there are just so many people around Australia that agree. And I know when I travel around, people always comment on what a fantastic team intake is. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Thank you. ask everyone that comes on to the podcast is to share a client story or a success story. But as you've been here for a matter of weeks and (laughs) you're not working frontline with our wonderful clients, can you tell me a bit more about your first impressions about ACNA and the team? It's been strange because I've been made to feel so welcome and because some of the work is quite familiar, I've sort of forget I haven't been here that long. And then, you know, Ricky will give me a piece of work and I'll look at it and I'm like, oh, actually, I don't know anything about this. (laughs) So that's, it's been, it's been fantastic. The team here in Perth is so lovely. And then getting to know everyone over video sort of in all the other states has been great as well. It's just, I can, it doesn't, from what I can tell, there doesn't seem to be a lot of turnover. People obviously love working here and love I guess everything they get from the team here at ACNA so it's been yeah it's been really fantastic. What are some of the the things that you've noticed about ACNA that really excite you going forward and you're looking forward to you know expanding and growing with us? Culture. To me, culture is absolutely everything about an organisation. And I've been speaking with a number of people since I joined the organisation and listening in on um, meetings. And everybody has a very inclusive attitude. They want to learn. They're not scared of making mistakes. They want to be the best they can. And to me, that is the part of an organisation that's always going to be successful. So I have from day one felt included and I know I've got a long learning curve, but I'm so looking forward to it. ACNA to me is the organisation that other organisations should really aspire to be like. One of the projects that you did recently that was quite different from RAS was what we nicknamed ResiSS, which was the ANAC trial. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity that ACNA had um, to do something a little bit different to community assessments where the ResiSS trial, which we nicknamed, was a trial of the, a new tool the department were looking at to replace the ACFI tool, which is a tool that assesses people for funding and care planning as they go into a residential facility. So the new tool essentially is just the funding part of that tool with the idea that the department wants to see an independent workforce um, assessing that level of funding required and then the 
residential facilities then work on the care planning based on how the client moves and and or the person moving into the residential facility, their function and level of cognitive ability and all of those sorts of things. So very brief project, which was about nine months in duration, which started with us setting up teams in SA and WA in November and ended in the end of March with teams also in Victoria, ACT, and we also did some assessments in Northern Territory. So yeah, I don't know what you want me to really talk about here, but (laughs) it was great to do a different level of assessment where you needed to have a clinical expertise to complete the assessment because of the level of complexity of the clients. So some of the assessors were, not some of the assessors, all of the assessors actually had to assess a client who was immobile and also could not talk. So they had that dementia to to the highest level that they weren't able to understand what you were saying, they weren't able to communicate back to you, things like that. And how do you actually assess someone in those um, circumstances? High levels of complexity around medications and what they mean in terms of the level of care required across a a 24-hour period. And just the complexity of if someone understands what you're saying and they can give you an answer, how do you determine their cognitive ability over a 24-hour period because it may be different to what they're actually showing you. So the trial was us doing 6,000, we were going to do up to 6,000 assessments in multiple residential facilities across Australia and then provide data back to the Department of Health as to how uh, the tool worked, how consistent we were with marking the tool with each other and other organisations that were doing it across Australia and then what the operational issues and wins were with working with residential facilities from an independent workforce and also how to set set it up in the future. Yeah, so it was good fun. It was very intense. My role in it was threefold, which was a clinical lead, essentially a team leader of the Victorian teams towards the end and also a coach of the teams to bring in their self-organised teams concept, which kept me busy. And I was also flying to different states there from in January and February nearly every week to go and do audits and check on the teams and talk to them and be part of their team meetings and things like that as well. So it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Found it amazing working with you, Beck, actually. Just the way that you think and, and do things very quickly has really pushed me in a good way. And yeah, we had really good outcomes as well, which showed that we could yeah, we showed that we could produce a, a clinical governance model that stands up, that we could onboard a workforce within six weeks, which was pretty intense, especially because that workforce was in Victoria and ACT, and we don't work there generally, and that we could do assessments on more complex clients. Yeah, it was good fun. Oh, that's awesome. I think it's really great to hear that because some people across that you know, might not be aware of the project. So yep. there you go. Podcast listeners, now you're across Resi Assess. Yeah. <laughs> So we have fast forwarded to the current day. Yep. When you heard that you were on the podcast, what were some of the things that you thought, oh, really want to share that? I want to let people that listen to the podcast know this. The main thing that jumps to mind for me is the environment that we have. So I don't think I've ever worked for an organisation that cares as much as we do. So I think that's one of the things that really um, attracts me and keeps me motivated in the role is that the environment is self is although we're ever-changing, but all organisations are, it's just part of what organisations do, I think ACT is one of the very few that actually thinks about what we're doing 
and keeps both our clients and our staff clearly in the forefront. Yeah. Aww. Well, thank you for reinforcing that, Di. That's a fantastic message to pass on. <laughs>